Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Carnachon, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we will navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer. And oh, by the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with the divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch in the rising, and those of us who are still trying to figure their shit out. You guys know I love a good disclaimer, so here goes. We are not to be mistaken for doctors, lawyers, clinically trained psychologists, therapists, or your mother. But we are someone's mom. If you True. think this state is going well, subscribe to our show. And community means everything to us. So make sure to tell a friend or like all of your friends. Do I have your Thank consent you. to record you, you Joanne? You my <laughs> consent to record at Kristen Hanky. Joanne Porsche. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hi. Or as, as James says, hi. <laughs> I see that too when I want something. Hi. I know. She started, she started doing that when she wakes up in the morning. Like over the weekend, we were at my brother and sister-in-law's and we were like sleeping in their guest room downstairs. And so she's in our room. She's in a, a pack and play. And so I'm laying there at six o'clock in the morning and I hear her like rustling around down there and I'm just pretending like I'm asleep. And she goes, hi <laughs> from the playpen and I just I like ignore her and she stands up and she pops over her head pops over the top and she's like hi <laughs> I was like hey hey girl oh she's like mama God. I'm like yes and then, and then of course it's baba <laughs> anywho not here to talk about my baby even though she is such a crucial part of our entire relationship hey. Um, <laughs> Hey guys, it's Kristen and Joe, obviously. And today is a very auspicious very occasion. Special. Oh, auspicious, special, all of the, all of the things occasion. Extraordinary. We are celebrating our, it feels hilarious that this is only the number that it is our one year mm-hmm. friend anniversary slash work wife anniversary. Because it all kind of <laughs> fell together very quickly. We we intertwined lives and souls immediately after so meeting. So quickly. Um, but yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> so much has gone down in the last year since we met via Instagram. And we thought it would be fun for all of you to just kind of walk you through our relationship and celebrate mm. the high points and holding each other in the low points. And then we're going to play mm, our favorite fucking card game that we play with everyone on the show. We're not really strangers. We're not really strangers because we're not. Because we're not. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the episode is coming out later, but we had a, a magical, masterful astrologist on the show. Shout out to Hannah. 
and she did our charts and uh, basically, well, I don't want any spoilers, but <clears throat> let's just say we've been here before. <laughs> yeah, we've been here before. We're cosmically intertwined. The stars aligned. So do the moons and all the other planets. So this relationship is beyond meant to be. Yeah, it's not going anywhere <laughs> either. So so Joe, I'm like, where do we want to start this this ride? Should where do we, we begin? Start, yeah, where do we begin? Esther. I mean, I think, I think what was really funny and, and, you know, I think what was really funny when we had our first, like last winter, when we had our first, you know, team meeting before jumping on board onto the nothing confidential podcast, you had pulled up this list of guests that you wanted on your show. And I happened to be one of them. And here we are now, not only co-hosting together but also fucking incredible best friends with each other I know <laughs> like like I wise. manifested you I manifested my relationship <laughs> with you that is the honest truth because you came into my sphere of awareness in 2018 actually I was because mm. I was thinking about this this morning I was traveling the world with my husband. We had quit our nine to five jobs. I was just starting out on my own, like in the the field of sexuality, kind of rebranding and shifting and pivoting and, and getting into that more and more doing podcasts wherever I could and, you know, coaching and appearing in people's group programs to speak to them about it. And it was really a big like change in my life. It was a big transition period for me. And I, honestly started following you because of your aesthetic first let's be honest uh if you've ever seen joe she is ridiculously stunning she's like tatted up and she looks like this glam super tatted up pin pinup girl like but with the kimonos and like your style was super rad and on fire and like everything about you i was like oh my god this woman is just <laughs> hypnotic. Like I could not look away. I just thought you were so stunning. I loved your style. And then I started reading your words, you know, and then then I fell in love with you even more. And so, yeah, I think you were during that time, a lot of your writing was still really focused on body positivity. And I think you were getting a lot of attention for that. And so I just, I really resonated with your message, but you just showed up so fucking fiercely. And I was just 100% here Mm. for it. And so I've been following you and I had put you on a list of dream guests to have on nothing confidential when I launched the podcast. And so I launched the podcast in January of 2020, right before I gave birth to an actual baby and right before the pandemic hit. And you, you'll have to tell me when it was you launched Hella Married. Yeah, we launched Hella Married. I think, I think I want to say it was like March March or April. It had to be around March. Yeah. Yeah. It was a spring project. Yes. And so (laughs) what, what had happened was I was on nothing confidential, my, my account for nothing confidential on Instagram. So like I was following you individually as a person, but I was on the nothing confidential account. And I don't know, you'll have to fill in this part. Like, I don't know what Mm. happened, but essentially I had just gotten a thing that was like, Oh, someone, you know, just started like, maybe you'll like this account. And I saw Hella Mary and I was like, Ooh, she launched a podcast. And I had literally made myself a note that day to reach out to you because your podcast was new. And I was like, this would be the perfect time to like jump in. But I already had a message from you on nothing confidential. So you had gone there and I don't know how you found nothing confidential. I think because I think because I was looking for people who were talking about relationships. I was looking for people who were talking about sex and I was looking for 
women who were talking about it in a way, in the same way that I felt like I was talking mm -hmm. about it, where it was just real raw. There was everything in between. And it wasn't just like, we are going to have sex with this vibrator and we're going to have you have like the best orgasms this way. Like I did not want the cosmetology or the cosmo cosmopolitan and um, glamour magazine type in the back of like the yeah. magazine. Sex How to talk. give a better like, blowjob. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted like the real nitty gritty, which is oftentimes the stuff that is harder to talk about. And that's where most of the healing and the liberation and the best orgasms really truly happen is in those fucking hard conversations. Mm. So I don't know how we connected really. I think maybe somebody else in the universe and in the Instagram verse had probably said, this is an account that you should follow too. Yeah. You guys might love this as well. And I remember when you sent that email, I was so fucking stoked because our podcast was new. And I was like, holy shit, somebody wants to hear from us. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, cool. Let's talk about it. And we had just, you know, I had, I had just announced the um, polyamorous relationship mm -hmm. that had been hidden from my community for over two years, like this deep seated secret where I like, just, you know, yeah, I was in a polyamorous relationship with my now current partner um, and my ex-husband. And it was a really great way for me to be able to speak about it. And to also, you know, funny enough, like your, our podcast interview on your show was the first time I had been talking about it publicly mm -hmm. aside from my show and aside from my Instagram. And so it was like crossing a whole different, you know, set of audience and listeners. And I was like, holy fuck, this is going to be healing a really, really deep seated, like trust issue here of like whether or not people are going to think of me in some weird ass way for having a husband and a boyfriend that I both like love, you know? And so, um, yeah, that was, okay, that was a really fun conversation. Yeah. Okay. So <sighs> at that time, so we hadn't really crossed over into, cause I remember yeah. like I got on and it was literally like a cosmic wink. Like I had literally oh just been like, I need to reach out to her because this is a, a perfect intro. Cause it's new and I can promote her show. So it's yeah. a great reason to contact her already had a message from you on the nothing confidential. That was like, Hey, we should co-creator collaborators yeah. reach out to me. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And so then what I loved so much and what I was, I was kind of taken aback by is that you, I like messaged you back and I was like, absolutely. Let me get your email address. And I send you official information. And you responded to me in a voice memo, which was like still something oh. that people weren't really doing that much. Like people were like, yeah. whoa, that feels aggressive. Like a voice memo. Yeah. Um, and you were like, oh my God, tell me all the things. La, 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 la. And you just like started talking to me and I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? Like, this is how, like, I don't even know what to do with this almost. And so we had started talking, but we weren't, I mean, it was very fresh. Like the, the second yeah. thing we did, I mean, it was maybe the third time we had interacted was the interview when I interviewed you yeah. and John on the show. And it was the first time outside of your podcast that you were sharing the news, sharing yeah. the story. I was the first interview. And so my question is like at that stage, so early in the, in the relationship, like you didn't know me that well yet, but like, what yeah. was it about me that made you feel like, yeah, this is the place where I want to unload this like two year secret and put it out into the world in public. I mean, first off your podcast is nothing confidential. And I think like <laughs> <In> the title, <laughs> the title gave it away. I think, I think that title just um was so resonant about like my life period like the way that I see my life is I have I have nothing to hide 
you know, I have absolutely nothing to hide. You want to ask me a fucking question. I will either say, yes, I'll answer that or no, I don't feel comfortable with it. And that will be it. Like that'll be my truth. And so I think part of it was that and our voice memos back and forth with each other. So at the time when you, when we were just like sending each other voice memos, the reason why I did that is because a lot of my friends who live in New York voice memo back and forth because they're walking around the subway. They can't really get to anything. They're not texting. And that was a habit I picked up in 2019. And so I was like, you know what, if people, if I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, if I'm going to get into conversation, it's going to be through voice memo. And I think in that moment, I realized that in conversation with you back and forth that way, that you were an absolute safe person to be able to have, have those conversations with. I mean, we hit it off so well. It was so warm. We, this, the, the level of vulnerability that I think we shared at that time in that level or at that moment in our relationship early on was the kind of respect that I always seek in my relationships. Like, I'm always the kind of person that's like, look, I'm going to be here the way that I am. What you see is what you get, period. And so what I would like to hope from any connection I receive from somebody is the same. Like, I hope you show up just the way you are. No fucking like need to impress because that's not what I'm here for. And that was the same kind of energy that I received from you. It was just pure. So yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just, you're just, you're just, Oh my God. I mean, I think the first, like the, the first day of voice memos, it was like, oh yeah. And I, we were talking about like sex toys and orgasms and things like, it was very quick. Like I, I forget. I, it was like a quick spiral into like, this is what the fuck is up in my life. Like, this is what's going on. Cause I think I was like, I'm gonna be real with you girl. Like my boobs are leaking. I have a newborn. Like I, and this is a new show. I'm so excited to have you on, but also we may be pausing for blowouts and stuff. Like that's just where I'm at. And I just want to level with you 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I think in that moment of my life too, back in that moment of my life, I mean, it was, yeah, March, 2020, me and John were in this weird, like really weird place because 20, September, 2019, I was like, I, I need an emotional break from this marriage. Like there's so much going on. There's so much work that you need to do. And I am so done emotionally laboring for you. However, the pandemic happened and it was like, oh shit, do we team up as a family? Because what if we die tomorrow? And so we somehow found a way to like, I guess, semi-connect again and kind of try to figure things out. And, you know, in hindsight now, launching that podcast while it was, you know, it was a great idea. It was so helpful. It was so healing for a lot of people. I also deeply knew there was so many hidden, like, just, there was just stuff that I was withholding from my end of things out of fear, out of shame, out of judgment. And I think in, in regards to like our relationship, there was just something, again, there was just something safe about it. Like I knew that you were coming in a mess and I was like, you know, she's sharing her mess with me. And I know that I'm going to be able to share my mess with her the moment I feel safe enough to do it. Like the moment I feel safe in me to do it. And then I did. (laughs) And you've been with me for literally a fucking journey of a lifetime. Oh my gosh. And what a quick and like violent turn it took. Um, But I also, it's so funny because I am remembering just these little, these little moments, right? So we had been talking, already felt like we'd hit it off. I was like, this already felt important. It felt easy. It felt 
ancient, it felt like a relationship yeah. and a bond and a connection that we have experienced before. Like, it's just, you, you meet those people, you know, when you meet that person yeah. and it feels like you've been friends for 25 years. Like you feel like you've known them since you were seven and yet you right. just met. And yeah. So there's like these little moments though, as you're like, okay, yeah, no, this feels, this feels legit. And then we had the interview and I was like, I feel like that was great. Like we definitely were more connected after that. And then you, I think what really sealed the fucking deal though, is that you did that little icebreaker thing. And you asked me to come be a part of it with all of these, like, like clients oh, and other yeah. like sexuality experts and people. And yes, you like did this yes. little, you hosted a little like wine night, like virtual yeah. wine night mm-hmm. and you invited me to come. And I did, and you did a great job like facilitating it. And then like towards the end, it was cause it increased in intensity, kind of like this game in like the yep. questions. Yep. So by yeah. the time we got yeah. to, I think I helped you plan the questions too. So by the time we got to like yeah. this and some, layer yeah. where we're talking about like butt stuff and like fantasies. Yeah. So then it re-scrambled all the rooms and it, at random, it puts people in rooms and it put us in yeah. the same fucking room. Yeah. And, and like, we were supposed to be like, kind of like co-facilitating or something. Yeah. We ended up in the same room. And so we're like, by this time, we're definitely at least one to two glasses of rosé in both wearing red lips. And we just sat in there. And it was so fucking funny. Like it was the funniest thing of all time. And I feel like everything we said, we were just dying laughing. And I, to me, like, that's what sealed it. Like we were on the way, but after that, I was like, no, we are birds of a feather. Like this is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I came on to your, I came on to, to be interviewed on nothing confidential several different times. Yeah, I had you, yeah. I had you separate yeah. some, some unreleased that will never, will never be released, which was actually, that was also pretty epic. I had you by yourself. And we actually, it was a great yeah. conversation. I still remember it. Cause we actually talked about like yeah. the difference between the two guys towards the end yeah. and there was yeah. crying. Yeah. And that was the yeah. first time I realized that you take frequent pee breaks during interviews. There's just so many things <laughs> I was learning about you. And I was like, Oh yeah, damn. This, this queen is like, she really honors her needs. She's like, I'm not going to hold this pee until the end of the combo. She's like, I'll be right back. Hit pause. I'm peeing. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's the first time anyone I've paused for anyone to pee. And so now I'm curious. I'm always like, does anyone need a pee break? Do I need to pause this so that everyone can go pee and be comfortable? So that was next level. Uh, I mean, I love, I love that you say that too, because it was so funny. Cause I think my girlfriend had, had interviewed me like I think I was doing two podcast interviews that day. You were the second one. And the first one, my girlfriend had interviewed me and I, like, she was, she was talking, she was talking. I was like, fuck, I got to pee real bad. Kristen made me coffee. And I look at her and I'm like, I'm going to answer that question, but I got to go pee really right back. And she goes, okay, go ahead. And then she just kept on talking. She and did I totally until you came thought, back. She didn't cut it out. Yeah, but I, <laughs> she did not she did put not. it out. I was like, well, I guess that's all. So, and I thought, I loved it. Cause I'm like, that's real life, man. Like I've been, cause I, we've had moms on the show with kids. Like we have, we don't care here. Like we literally don't. And I, from day one was very much, if this is going to work at the stage of life I am in during this time, when I'm launching this project, everything has to be able to go. Like I will cut it out. If I think I said in my, my original draft of my guest letter, I was like, if you made a comment off the cuff that is going to get you in trouble with like an international dignitary or something. I will go in and I will chop it out. But other than that, yeah. like we leave yeah. brain farts and bathroom breaks and kids busting in on us and all of the things, because I really, and we share this, like when you came on, this is something we share. It's just the realness of it. Like this was never meant yeah. to be a perfectly polished 
produce like super high quality, like the content is always the highest quality and vibration. Right. But you know, audio engineering is not my calling. So (laughs) yeah. I mean, we've been through like so many different stages in the last year. And, you know, one of the things that I, I think I remember that really resonated with me was like last July, right? When I, I mean, fuck, I, almost a year from today um, is, is like when I decided to divorce John and you, you held, you held me in such a way that felt just, I mean, it was so, it was big sister. Like it was like big sisterly and almost like motherly, but like not in that mother way. Like it was that mother energy, but big sister. And it was the hardest decision I had to make, but you also just championed for whatever was right for me in that moment. And it's been incredible also to witness how our relationship to ourselves has evolved in our relationship together because I've been able to witness you launch projects, have this baby take off in your career while I'm sitting here. You met me at the peak of my career and I'm taking a hard left turn, almost U-turn right now. And not necessarily putting that career to rest, but slowing things down so much so that I'm just focusing my energy on being mom. And it's such a different fucking stage in my life because for the last, geez, 17 years, I have been the provider and the breadwinner and I still am, but it's a complete different focus right now. And it's been so beautiful to watch how James has grown throughout this time. Like I've literally been able to watch her grow. I've watched her take some of her first few steps on video during our calls. (laughs) It's crazy. It has been crazy to have that so documented. And I think that's actually a, a fringe gift that I forget about. And one of the reasons why this show, like no matter where it all ends one day, it's like this show is such a gift and so important. Like I launched it while I was pregnant with her. I like bitched and moaned through the final days of like getting her here. (laughs) And then she came. And then some of the most downloaded episodes were me and Mike, like navigating our relationship and sex and all the things after becoming parents. And then you just, you hear her, you hear her like cries and her gurgling and her like words and things like she is growing up in the background of this podcast. And it's a, it's a way of documenting her life that I didn't do on purpose. You know, like I didn't really think about that. And yet she is in it always. She's like in every little, she's like woven into the fiber of the show. (laughs) And so it will always be just so, so special no matter what, yeah. what happens, like, it'll be so special because of that always. And that's so incredible. But I just remember this really poignant moment when we did our first little, when we decided, like we'd been talking and it was in the aftermath of the decision to get divorced. And I think even you just looking ahead and thinking about the fact that you loved podcasting and obviously um, having a podcast with your husband called Hella Married was not going to be on brand after you get divorced. And so right. it was like <laughs> looking at that and I think you were grieving the fact that that was going to end and pass eventually. And 
you, and also we both feel the same way about podcasting as far as we just love this medium because it has so little to do with fucking visual anything. And it's all about like your truth, literally speaking your truth. And I remember you reaching out to me and saying like, it would be so cool if we had a podcast together and I was like, well, girl, I have a baby and I already have a podcast. So there's no (laughs) way I can do another podcast, but like you could come be on this podcast because you've already been here three or four times and I love it. And the unofficial, the unofficial, right. Unofficial co-host, like four episodes. (laughs) So if you want to be the official co-host, like I would be open to that. And we had so many amazing conversations that wouldn't have been easy to have without the level of safety that I feel we've always had. That was just Mm -hmm. an innate Mm -hmm. gift, like from the very beginning. And we navigated that. Like, I'm very proud of the way that we navigated our conversations around partnering up and what that would mean and what it looks like and our insecurities and our fears and all the different things. And I remember sharing with you at our first quarterly meeting, like I got really emotional and I told you that my biggest fear was that I wasn't going to be able to bring to the table as much as you because of where I was in my life with the baby. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying as hard as I can. And I feel like I'm always behind. And if she needs me, like she always wins. And I'm worried that I'm not going to be able, like you're such, and I think I said, you're such a hustler. Like you're always putting out content. You're always showing up. You're always doing these things. And I can't do that. Like I am not in a place where I can do that. And I don't want to let you down. And I don't want to feel like, you come on board to something and then you're holding everything. Like, I just don't want that to happen. Mm. And I think it was just so important for me to put that out there. And you actually started crying too. And you're like, I don't actually want to be doing what I'm doing the way that I'm doing it. And I would like permission to do less of this and to be in a different space. And it was just such a, like, I'll always remember that conversation. It was such a profound moment for both of us too. Just also speaking to, like what you are seeing of a person, even someone, you know, really well on the outside, like is, is not always a direct reflection of their desires or what is happening for them on the inside. And that's why I think it's so important. Like those securities, I could have been embarrassed about that. Like I could have kept that to myself and let that kind of ride out in this low hanging, like resentment that would have come out later in probably a less uh, mature way. (laughs) And I'm just so happy that I felt safe enough with you to be like, I like, it's not about you. This is my own insecurity. This is how I feel insecure. And that gave you space to tell me about what was making you feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And that gave us such a great place to launch this co-creative relationship from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I'm getting really emotional now thinking about it because I think, I think it was our friendship that really allowed me to, <laughs> here I go. I know, you're going to make me cry too. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that. It was, <laughs> it was our friendship where I think I was able to really like actually say out loud, all I really want is to just be a mom briefly. I've never had that. I've never had the ability to just lean into motherhood. I mean, I, my first daughter, she was born and I had four weeks off before I went back into the salon and had to work and provide for everybody. And then Olivia was born. It was the same fucking thing. Like I took six weeks off. And so, you know, I never really had that moment in life where I could just be held as a mom to just be sacred And I remember sharing that truth with you. And I felt so, um, I don't know if it's like a shame, like that's not really the feeling, but I, I I feel even sometimes now acknowledging 
that truth and knowing where I was at in my career and knowing like the the height of my career at that time, like everybody fucking wanted a piece of me. Everybody wanted a piece of me in every single area. I was getting pulled in wellness. I was getting pulled in sexual wellness. I was getting pulled in coaching. I was getting pulled in influencer work. And I just was like, everybody wants me. And the only thing I want is my kids. The only thing I want is to be a mom. And it was our friendship where I was able to actually acknowledge that without feeling ashamed of wanting to give up a career Mm. and I think for so many women like you know there's that feeling of like oh I am such a doer and you know here I am taking this role as like mom what does that mean and I and you gave me permission to just let that actually just be the thing that I wanted and I was like well fuck like if it's a thing I want I just I can't deny that I can't deny that even if it's just for this brief moment in my life and you kept reminding me that the work that we do in sex love and relationships is not going away no. this is like decades of work we're going to be old as this fuck is our doing legacy this. work yeah, this is our legacy work <laughs> this is yeah this is our legacy work and I think that just reminded me so much of several things a how much it took me how much it took me to work into myself and work at myself and work inward in myself to heal the parts that needed to heal so that I could feel safe enough to be in relationship in this intimate relationship with another woman and one that was just like sisterly and motherly and and just deep friendship and then also to be able to acknowledge the deepest deepest level of truth the truth that like I'm so scared for people to see because I know, I know who, who I, who I was during those chapters. Yeah. I was a fucking hustler and I still am. It's still going to be in me, but you gave me permission to just fucking like own that. And I also think it was being able to witness you mother so intimately. Mm-hmm. I tell you this all the fucking time, but like you are a great mother and watching you raise James in this first year was such a gift for me to witness because it was just I mean like (laughs) there are times where I've watched you raise your daughter and I was like wow if I could go back I would do it the way Kristen like did is doing it in this moment but I can't and it's so beautiful to see how conscious your mothering is, how incredible you show up for yourself and your community, and just like the amount of intentionality that you put in your relationships and in everything that you do, it's it's so beautiful to witness. So it's, yeah, we're just such fucking gifts to each other. It's such, so incredible. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like, and the, and the world, you're welcome. Oh my God. <laughs> no, hear me, I'm, I'm crying. crying. I know you got me. You fucking got me shit okay <laughs> thanks I received that thank you I <laughs> I appreciate that and I just feel that so deeply and it just oh, it like nourishes my heart to hear that because that is and and we've talked about it I know it's it can be such a weird experience for other people but it's like I I really do like I believe you I receive that like I really am proud of the mother that I have given myself the permission to show up as because of all of the work and the healing I have done before I gave birth to her. 
And it's not to say, I mean, like nobody's fucking perfect, obviously, but I also, I think that's the thing, like constantly acknowledging that you do the best, you know, in that moment. And the second there is more information available, you fucking pivot for the good of the kid. And it doesn't matter if that makes you look any kind of way. It doesn't matter if that changes the perception of you. Like it is not, I don't care about being a quote unquote good mom. I only care if I'm being the best mom to James Pamela Henke that I can possibly be like who she is as an individual. And so I just so appreciate you for reflecting that and acknowledging that and calling that out in me and celebrating for me for that. That feels Mm. just really amazing. And you, it's been, I mean, to your point, we have done an interesting shift or like transference of life stages. And I think it's really incredible because even though you, you just said, it's like, you have things that you wish you could go back and do and you can't. And yet you are shifting the paradigm of your relationship with your girls and also healing your lineage. Like you are coming online at such a, like, it's not too late. Like you're coming online at such a pivotal time in their lives. Like they're being initiated into womanhood and you are this fierce fucking like warrior goddess with excellent boundaries who has done all of this work to get to where you are now. And there is no one more qualified, more capable and more conscious than you to like bring them online and initiate them into womanhood. And it is so incredible to see that. And who knows if even the potency that you're bringing right now, it wouldn't have been available if you had stayed the person you were, you know, like you had to change. You were never meant to stay the mom you were when they were little. And so, so much, we both, we both believe this, this more empowering view that we choose our parents because they hold the medicine that we need in order to find our purpose and our path in the world. And so the way in which your relationship with your girls has evolved over time, like that is their medicine. It's on purpose. Like they weren't meant to have the idyllic, you know, situation from the beginning. Like there's something that was being instilled in them that is going to serve them for so long moving forward. And so all I can, I just want to acknowledge you for the incredible amount of intentionality and growth. And the fact that a year ago when you broke down and cried and told me that you just oh wanted God, to be yeah. their mom every day since then, you have showed up and said no and, and shut down things and walked away from lucrative stuff and like turned your back on life as you know it in order to do that, in order to be that woman that you said you wanted to be. And that's hard. People sit around crying about what they want all the time and aren't willing to do the hard work of getting there. And you have fucking done it. Like your relationship with the girls a year ago versus your relationship with them today. Oh. It, it is an honor. It has been an absolute honor and a joy to watch. Mm. And so yeah. you like hats off to you too, lady. Like just oh. absolutely. I mean, Thank it's you. amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. It's funny because you've got, obviously like I've been able to witness your relationship with James and you have been able to witness my evolved relationship with Iris and like that teenage relationship. And holy shit, I remember those moments when I would call you and I was like, I don't, I think I'm losing her. I think I've lost my daughter. I 
I, I think it's like too late. Like, I think I, I, she's just, she doesn't like me. She hates me. Like, and I know that this is a phase, but I also think she just does not like, she doesn't think of me as that like source of like love. And, you know, last night we were having this conversation and she looked at me and she was like, you know, I think I'm coming to realize that you're going to love this and we're both going to cry. But she said, you know, I think I'm starting to realize that like, there really is no other love than a mother's love. And I like looked at her and I tried really hard not to look like this last night. And I was like, yeah, took me a long time to realize that too, baby girl. And I'm, it's, there isn't, there really, really isn't any other love like that. Like it is unwavering, unrelentless and I will always have your back as long as you don't get arrested, but <laughs> I'll have your back, but I'll, I'm going to let you sit there for at least a night. I can yeah. get you. We'll have to talk about that. And I will snap a photo and it will be online. Yeah. I'm going to embarrass the shit out of you for doing that. And then I'll get you out of jail. And then we're going to have a conversation. No shame. Just mild embarrassment. <laughs> Just, yeah, not gonna shame you. Just be like, this is what I did last night. I picked this bitch up. <laughs> oh my God. I just, yeah. I mean, motherhood um, and anyone who's a mom will know this. Uh, anyone who has mommed and just to be clear, you don't have to have like split your vagina, like a melon to be a mom, just FYI. <laughs> so anyone who has mothered, like it ruins fucking Themse- movies. themselves. Yeah. Anyone <laughs> it ruins movies and TV for you forever. Like shows that you used to be able to watch me like, Ooh, that person's so annoying. Or like, Oh, her mom is so overbearing. Or like, Oh, these people are terrible. It's like, you will never be able to watch anything without looking through the lens of a parent ever again. Like we're, we're rewatching modern family right now because we haven't watched it in a long time. And while uh, definitely picking up a lot more this time around than last time, I cry over the dumbest shit because I'm like, I feel that (laughs) on a really deep level. I'm like, I really remember an episode last night where essentially long story condensed is that they had taken in these baby ducks and the ducks ended up like Phil was having a hard time letting go of the ducks because the ducks reminded him of his three kids. They all acted like one of the kids. So at the end, when they like let go of the fucking ducks, because he's learned that you can't hold on to your children. I'm like fucking bawling. Like it's supposed to be funny. And I'm like, ah, the ducks. <laughs> The baby ducks are the kids. I was like, don't fly away, ducks. Ready? Yeah, like you know, you're gonna the commercials are all fucked. Oh, like everything, puppies, like you can't, everything. No, can't. Don't want. Just forget about fucking Disney movies. I mean, they're poison anyway. But like, oh my god, the Dumbo ended me. Like you just can't. I'm like, she's not crazy. She just is trying to protect her baby. Like it's it's so much. It's so much. Anyway not to make this another, uh, yeah, another motherhood conversation, but what the fuck? Like we're moms. <laughs> it's a huge part of our identity. It's it is part not of our the identity. only part, but it is a very <laughs> core and, uh, forever part. Like you're never not um, a mom again. And it's, yeah. Really and wild. so much as, as much as you like want to deny it, you really just can't. <laughs> you can't. Like you can't. No. You really like, can't. I'm, I'm a mom <laughs> and a bunch of shit, but yeah. I am a mom. And as long as she, <sighs> It looks to me for sustenance and to get through the day. Like that's, that is number one for a while. And oh yeah. 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 And the sustenance won't go away. No. My 17 year old is still. Type of sustenance. They go from <laughs> different type of sustenance. From literally feed me to like emotionally feed me, verbally validate oh. me, like let me know. To then like teach me how to be a woman. Yeah. You're like, oh shit. 
Okay. So like, I will let you in on my process as I go. You are welcome <laughs> to take notes, reflect back things right? that are working for you. <laughs> take what, take what makes sense. Leave what doesn't. Pick it up later. A la carte and mothering. unlearn, unlearn when you need to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when there, when you know a better way, you fucking take it. I'm not gonna take that as personal rejection. Oh, like I did. We all do. Yeah. We all do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should we? Now that we've cried, this. I mean, this is. Now that we've cried, we're gonna cry some more. Yeah. This is a typical Kristen Joe arc. Now that we've like laughed, cried, cussed, we're gonna start over. So should we play our card game? Yeah, we should definitely okay. get into that. Oh gosh. Let's pull this up. <laughs> oh. And didn't we? I where it says your turn. You just, I think we answered the first one already in our own way. Oh, right. So we literally <laughs> decided to skip to level two because level one was too basic. So basic. Okay. So do we, do we want to start with this question or do you want a different question? Sure. We can start with that question. Okay. So it's my turn to ask Joe a question. We take turns. So this question, starting at level two, connection. Have I ever challenged your worldview? And if so, how so? Mm. I think um, the biggest way that you've really just challenged my worldview is uh, in, in the sense of accepting the stage that I'm at and to also not feel as if I am for lack of better words, like a fucking loser for having to take a step back in, in my hustle. And that was really useful because the worldview I had about women like that, which is the typical worldview that is put out there and projected out there is that women who put their careers second to their family or to their kids or to their motherhood just don't have it together Mm. or are putting like, are, are, are like taking a step back in the world or are giving up on something. And, you know, you helped me realize that motherhood is such a fucking important job. I knew it was, but you had me realize that on a like different level. And that was really useful for me in this moment where there's so much destabilization that's happening to ground myself in that reality of like, dude, you're, mission in life is to give your daughters the tools to step into their sovereignty and the mission that you have in your business is to give women the same tools so that your daughters don't have to live in the world of the same world that we lived in like you helped me kind of just get mission realigned and realigning that value mm-hmm. so good yeah i love you <clears throat> love you too Okay. Wild card. Ask me something you think is off limits. And both of us have to do this. Ooh, something I think it, oh shit. See, this is hard because we don't have very many things that are off limits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's Mm. think about this. I mean, nothing is going to be off limits between us, but something that maybe would feel off limits to other people maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about this? So at the beginning of our relationship a year ago, you were just coming out to the world as a queer polyamorous woman. Yes. A year later, you now have an ex-husband. You are no longer in any type of technical, like polyamorous coupling grouping right now. You have your primary partner, Chris, who we love. Yeah. So what, what does that look like? Like for somebody who isn't poly, like how do you continue feeding this part of your identity when you are in from what looks on the outside, like a fairly traditional coupling at the moment. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now we are still having lots of conversations about our non-monogamy. We still view ourselves as being non-monogamous, but we are in a monogamous relationship at the moment. We are constantly, well, not constantly, but like from time to time, we're still talking about what it would mean to have sex with other people, what it would mean to have our desires, uh, wanting to like actually go for our desires. I mean, yesterday we had a beautiful conversation around that because I had set up a beautiful, sexy self-pleasure session with a bunch of toys. And I mean, I just was like, I was just fucking myself with multiple different types of pleasure ones for different penetration and different, you know, sexual experiences. And I looked at him and I'm like, are you ever nervous about my sexuality and like the, the veracity of like the ferociousness of it? And he was like, I'm not nervous about it, so to speak, but like, I know that that desire is going to probably come for you when you want to do that. And I know that we just need to have a conversation and just make sure all the things are in the right place mm. before we go down that road. So, you know, there are still moments where like I have a desire to go on a date. There are still moments where I'm like, oh, I just want to flirt on the apps right now. Like I just want some of that erotic and sexual energy to really be flowing in my life. But also at the same time, my focus is trying to get one of these kids off to college. So it's like, I, I'm just choosing, I'm choosing, I'm choosing my battles at the moment. Like what is real priority in this moment of my life? So yeah, that's, that's that. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, for you, like, I know that you're in a monogamous relationship right now and I'm just like curious have you ever thought about non-monogamy? Is that something that you are entertaining? Have you ever entertained or see yourself entertaining in the future? I mm, love this question. It's juicy. So being the incredibly voracious sexual individual that I am, of course, I have thought about non-monogamy. I think that's a, I don't think anyone would be surprised to hear that. Uh, but it is something as we've talked about, like my husband, Mike and I are in what I refer to as a conscious monogamous relationship where maybe that wasn't necessarily the case when we got married. Cause I was still young. I was 26 and Mike was 28. And I think at that time, even though I was a very sexual person, I still kind of had the worldview of like, it's cool. Like I've had my sexual liberation tour. Like you enjoy all of this sex and all this variety. And then eventually the goal is still to like find someone that you deepen with instead of like continue going wide essentially and like finding a partner yeah. and just kind of settling in. And then you guys get weird together and you know, all of that. And so that is essentially what happened. And I think the longer we've been together and the more I've evolved as a person and grown, I think I really cherish our relationship for that, for the opportunity it offers me for depth and intentionality and showing up and keeping the eroticism alive. But we also, part of our erotic play is continuing to have conversations and entertain different scenarios in which we open the relationship or what, or flirt with other people or entertain just different erotic dynamics. And so far, it's nothing that we've ever acted on, but it is something that we talk about fairly often because it turns us on. And it also really lends back to this. There's a dynamic where you're my person. And because we're so secure with each other, there is this freedom to entertain 
different scenarios and different possibilities and opportunities that at a younger age and stage in life, I would have felt insecure about. And it would have been like an absolute no, a hard no, because he's mine, you know, because we don't share because we don't do all these things. And so it's definitely something we've talked about. And I think we are still at a place in our relationship where neither one of us has ever felt the urge strong enough to have a realistic conversation about, okay, like this is something I feel the need to explore. What does that look like? But we have had the conversation that like this relationship as a prior, like this is it for us. And if there ever comes a time, we want to be able to hold that space in the relationship for possibility, for pursuing whatever lights us up, whatever turns us on. We really want to have a judgment-free space to share fantasies with each other and to encourage, you know, what makes us come alive sexually and erotically. And so I, hopefully that answers your question. Very, we're very open to, you know, it's like, you don't know we're in our early thirties now. And so who knows what 25 years of marriage will do to the dynamic. And maybe we want to open things up or, you know, get a little wild or have some experimentation or something. And I think that's, we just reserve the right to continue setting boundaries with each other and making rules for our marriage that make sense to us. And they don't have to make sense to anybody else. And nobody else has to agree with them. They don't have to like, you don't have to be comfortable. Like, honestly, it's none of your business. So yeah, Yeah. Mike and I are, I think we're on the same page as far as all that goes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for answering that. Next one. Okay. (laughs) Who in your life do you feel you can be most vulnerable with? Explain. (laughs) You know, it's really funny. I never thought this could be the case for, I mean, there's several people in my life, actually. I have a a pretty good group of people. I have a roster of really incredible people in my life where I could just be the most vulnerable with. But I think the one that I could be the absolute most vulnerable with in this chapter is you, uh, Chris. I mean, I have to name people because there's people. But you, Chris, and my dear friend, Aideen. Um, and Vicky, like those are, those are the four right now where I can literally spill everything and just be 100%, uh, just, just raw with, um, that's taking me a while to get there, but you know, I mean, with you, I can share my deepest, darkest desires. I can share my deepest fears, which is so incredibly beautiful. There are things I share with you that I haven't been able to share with Chris in a way, just because it's like, it's still so sticky for me to share with him. But there are things that I can share with him that I definitely won't share with anybody else because it's just like, he's my life partner, you know? So there's there's definitely that. And then the other two are, actually, it's funny, the other two, actually with all of you guys, with the, with the four of you guys, I consider you guys my life partners in different ways. Absolutely. <laughs> so actually, Same. you guys are all my life partners. So that's why, that's why. Same. Clear, clear and easy answer, you're my life partner. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Ah, okay. Kristen, finish the sentence. When I'm hurt, I blank. And this is for both of us. When I'm hurt, when I'm I, hurt I, let's see here. When I'm blank. hurt. I assume they're talking about emotionally, <laughs> not physically. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think, I mean, I think my initial reaction is probably the same. When I'm hurt, I flag pain with anger 
first mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it is more comfortable for me to feel. It feels less vulnerable than embarrassment, sadness, grief, insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically I become angry. Mm-hmm. Often I create space with to take my anger elsewhere before processing the hurt with the person who caused it or activated it for me because I have identified this pattern a long time ago. And in the past, that hurt would lead to some sort of a lash out to get ahead of the pain or to redistribute the pain because that person made me feel pain. And now I'm going to make them feel pain to Mm. even the playing field in my mind. Yeah. And so at this stage, I create a lot of space for my anger and I try to process it with safe people so that I can find the safety to get down to the grief or the disappointment or the sadness or the fear that's under it. And then that is the thing that when I feel grounded and ready, I will take the core of the pain to the person who's involved and I will process if they need to be a part of the processing, you know, I will process Mm. through that with them. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I love that for both of us. Yeah, I think it's the same. When I'm hurt, I feel anger. Like that's the first one. But also I, and this is my pattern, I get into problem solving, problem solving mode way too quickly. And then it quickly turns into overwhelm. And so what I'm learning is that I just need to slow the fuck down big time so that instead of me jumping into the solution for like the overall thing. Like I will go into this mode where it's like, here I am hurt. Let me find the quickest solution to like not feel the pain. But sometimes that's not the exact thing that I need to work on. It's more of a long-term gain. And so I've had to learn how to slow myself down enough so that I could figure out what is the first thing I need to do. And oftentimes the first thing I need to do when I'm hurt is actually rest which is, which is like crazy. Mm, Yeah. All right. Next question. When is the last time I surprised you? (laughs) So this is the first time and the last time and the last time I will also do this, but I think the time that you surprised me was when you got really hurt when I shared (laughs) the IG post. (laughs) It surprised me because I mean, you know, nothing confidential and also just like I didn't know. I didn't know you had the wounding around money. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just was like, oh my God, I'm just going to celebrate my friend. And so that was such a surprise yeah. to me just because it was like, holy fuck. And I just remember that moment again, like leaving, leaving the gym. And I was like, I need to call her right now, <laughs> like right now, because this is not my intent. Yeah. I felt like you hung me out there naked. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it's like that was meant for your eyes only. And you just shared it with 80,000 people. <laughs> And it's such a good lesson now because I actually, it's so funny, you know, Hannah, she sent me a text right before our podcast recording and she was like, um, is it cool that I come onto this podcast with a hair mask and like my pajamas, like totally fine. And she goes, because I just finished the most amazing avocado toast with truffle. I was like, can I just share this on Instagram real quick? And she goes, yeah, as long as you tag me. So like that, that lesson taught me very important. Yeah. So nice. When you ask before sharing people's really personal information. I mean, 
mean, it's avocado toast. I don't know how personal that could be, right. but you just never know you never these know. days. You never know. <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah. That, the whole situation was also a surprise to me, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kristen, what's the most fun you can recently, or you can remember having with me recently? Mm. It was fun. I remember having with you recently. Mm. I mean, today's pretty fun. <laughs> today's really fucking fun. I mean, I think, minutes ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. When we got <laughs> yeah. on this call and we were like sharing funny, funny things that are just for us and not for everybody else. Uh, yeah. I mean, we just, having fun is very easy for us. So I think, you yeah. know, and because of just the state of the world and all of these things, I, I think we've said this before, but we, we have never met in person. Like for those listening, we, this is a friendship that has evolved and deepened completely via phone and FaceTime and zoom and being online. Like we've never been together in person. And so yeah. we actually haven't gotten the opportunity to build any of those like wild, crazy nights out and too much wine and like hanging out. Like we haven't done shrooms together or anything. Like we haven't done a yeah. lot of things that I look forward to doing in the future. So when I think of just like having a great time with you, I mean, I have a great time with you often when we yeah. record a com really deep, hard hitting conversations with guests that like blow both of our mind and, and I can see it happening on your face. And I, and I'm feeling the same way. Like, I know that we're having the same experience of that person. That's always really, really fun for me. I mean, we had a blast recording with Hannah and having her read yeah. our stacked chart <laughs> and talking about, you know, all of our connections, past life connections oh. and stuff. I mean, that was really fun. So I have fun with you those, all the those, time. Those conversations that we record and like, we're just like watching our guests and we're just like, oh yeah, we're learning. I can see the smoke coming <laughs> out of your ears as I feel it coming out of my ears. Um, should we take it to level three? Like, yeah, I feel like we're easing three. Should we go to level three? We're taking it to level okay. three. To reflection. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. It's, yeah, it's my turn. What are you the proudest of me for? Wow. You know, I think I'm the proudest of you for this entire last, like, two quarters of our life. These last two seasons of our life. Kind of going back to the fear that you had bringing me on to the show and you were so nervous about letting me down and then also not knowing what your life was going to be like trying to build your business and trying to get your career going and uh, doing all the things and here you are really just shining like really just absolutely shining and now you're growing a team and you've got your sister coming up like you've just got so many things going for you moved into this new house um i mean you're just you're up leveling your life in so many different ways but you're doing it with a level of integrity that is beautiful to witness you haven't forgotten the essence of yourself and what is most important to you which is your motherhood and your relationship to james there's been moments also where you've called me and you've talked to me about certain things which always centers back into what you're doing for James. And so seeing that and witnessing that, and then also witnessing your building of your career is so inspiring. And I'm just so proud of you because there was a moment where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. And Lots like, here you are like doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here you are doing it. Here you are continuing to do it. 
and you know, you're thriving, you're killing it, you're healing your money wounds around all that stuff. And also like, I think I'm also really just proud of you of, of the amount of energy and effort and devotion you have in healing yourself throughout this entire process. Like every single moment you are doing some beautiful inner work on yourself as it's reflected back on you in that immediate, in that moment, in that instance. And that is just, that's something to honor deeply, deeply. Breathing that in. Thank you, sister. Yeah. Mm, you're welcome. Um, Kristen, you've shown me blank about myself. You've shown me, let's see, you know, you have shown me an incredible amount of strength about myself. Um, and I think that the strength in motherhood, that, that is something that you like show me about myself that I just never knew I had. And like, I needed that nurturing so desperate. I needed all of that reflected in me in the moments where I literally, I mean, there have been some moments where I've called you while I was on the floor, on the ground, like not wanting to get up for the day just because I didn't know if I could get, get up. And you're like, then stay the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> like, stay the fuck down. Maybe you deliver I'm a just, pizza down there. <laughs> just hang. And I'm like, oh, that's an option. And you're like, yeah. So that, um, and I don't know if you were supposed to answer. I don't know either. I was like, should I answer that? Maybe I'll answer that too. <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah. You could answer that too. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. It's not a yeah. question. So maybe I'm supposed to state it. <laughs> you show me about myself. I mean, I feel like you've shown me a lot of things about myself. I really, I really, really admire the way that you do not rush through your healing. And there have been moments along my own journey that I have really wanted things to just, as I think we all do, just be neat and tidy. Like, I just want to get to the next part. You know, when you hit mm. that that thread and it's, a, you know, it's a deep one and it attaches to all kinds of other shit. And you know, when you hit it, this is not going to be a like quick get in, get out. Like this is going to, we're going to be with this for a while. And I think you've shown me through more through deed than word that I am worthy of however much time it takes to get through that thing. And you have, you have embodied that you have embodied mm. just your own worthiness in the time and intentionality that you've taken and the boundaries you've set around this, around your own healing, even this, even the summer where you, you know, took this soul sabbatical that started out as like three weeks and turned into several months. And there may have been even times, I mean, let's be really honest, nothing confidential. There were times when I was like, okay, like I totally respect your soul sabbatical, but like you're my co-partner and I need you. Like, where are you? <laughs> and you're like, I'm not ready. And I'm like, okay, I trust that. <laughs> and I do, and I do trust it. And every time I come back to it, it's like, no, she's going to be 
better. Like just, you just have to leave it until like when she's ready, she will appear. And that is, you have given me permission to also do Mm. that. And it's so fucking important. Mm, I appreciate that. I mean, it's funny because there are definitely some moments where I'm like rushing to get onto the other side of this and like the healing journey is like, no bitch. Yeah. Just sit there with your fur coat. Shut the fuck up. Just sit there with your fur coat. Just chill out. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. I love your fucking fur coat. And this, I feel like it's so funny how the universe works with us in our favor. This next card is a wild card. And I feel like we're supposed to end here. Don't you? Look at the question. Yeah. yeah. Totally. All right. The wild card is finish the sentence. Thank you for. You know, Kristen, just like, thank you for this incredibly nourishing nurtureship. It's mm-hmm. not even a relationship. It's a straight up nurtureship. It's nourishing in so many different levels. I mean, we, I really feel like we are two pieces cut from the same cloth in so many different ways and being able to show each other in, in a little bit of a weird kind of universal way, but like the opposite of each other mm-hmm. in this stage, right? Like here is a woman stepping into her motherhood really and getting really deeply rooted in it. And here's a woman rising into her, into her career right now. And it's like beautiful to be in the stage where we get to like witness that. So like, thank you for this container. This container has been everything I needed and more in a friendship, in a sistership, in a sisterhood, in, in all the things. And I think really ultimately I have to just thank you for being yourself. This container wouldn't be possible if you didn't show up as the version of you who shows up in this fucking container every single time. And it's beautiful. And you're so present with me in every stage. And that is a gift in itself. So just thank you for being you really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thanking me. And then thank you for being my wife and my big sister Mm -hmm. and my life partner and my co-creatrix and my co-host and my cheerleading squad and my slash their tires squad and my (laughs) (laughs) and my your high vibe and your low vibe and low vibe my voice of reason (laughs) and also my like devil whispering in my ear like it's okay to do that and I'm like oh that would feel so good (laughs) um and thank you for just sharing my my vision, like for this show and this community. And thank you for asking me what my deepest desires are and helping me stay Mm. connected to them. And thank Mm. you for mirroring back to me, reflecting the strongest, like most beautiful parts of me. Like I do Mm. so often feel like the best version of myself when I'm with you. That's Mm. completely true. And yeah, I feel like there's, there's just so many things. Thank you for continuing. You have allowed me to deepen my personal healing around my relationship to the feminine, because for Mm. all of my formative years, 
I had a very toxic relationship with the feminine and that came from my mother wound. And then that showed up and was perpetuated in early friendships that even the closest ones being able to look back on them through the lens of healing and consciousness and presence, just seeing such unhealthy and toxic dynamics of jealousy and competition and fear of not belonging and just all of these uh, harmful things. And I have really found a new level of just trust and acceptance and vulnerability. And you have been such a relationship and friendship expander for me while, mm. like, while being in this friendship with me, which is, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting because typically our expanders are people who are kind of outside of our realm and they're showing us what's possible. And you are, constantly an expander for me while also being in relationship with me. Mm. And so thank you for mm. that. You are such a profound gift to my life and mm. friendship and nurtureship with you is an absolute pleasure. Yeah. I can't wait for the day that we actually meet. I know. In person. <laughs> well, first we're going to dry hum for 30 minutes. And <laughs> <laughs> we will be intertwined. Gonna, You're gonna climb my body out the like a tree, and the boys, <laughs> the boys are gonna be like, "Are you guys done? No, <laughs> give us a second. Order another drink. We'll hug you guys. We'll be back. Minute. Yeah, <laughs> have another bottle of wine. <sighs> we'll be right over there. No, no, it's so funny because we are both so, and I think I've actually I've had people ask me about this before. It's like we are such sexual people. And I think we're both very attractive people. And I think people are curious if we are like attracted to each other and I am, but it honestly isn't, it isn't sexual as much as like, there's such a, such a depth and a richness and an intimacy to our relationship, but it is not sexual, even though it would be the easiest thing in the world to turn it sexual. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. There's this, like, I mean, you're totally hot. Yeah, same. And I totally would love to be in a room naked with you, yeah. but like not to have sex with you, right. but just like to just be, yeah. and just, just like, like to just be in any type of friendship. That's always an option. <laughs> naked, naked night is always an option in friendships with me. <laughs> it's just like one of those things where like, I, there's just so much, I think there's what it is, is there's, and we've talked about this before too, when we came, um, when we decided to take, take on this project together, we were like, our most important thing to us is our friendship. Mm-hmm. And if we had to part ways on this show because it wasn't working well, then the thing that we need to prioritize is our friendship, no matter what. And I think we have kept that through and through in all the different stages. So funny enough, I turned to the next card and it says, what's something we should celebrate together. (laughs) So I'm just going to say it right now. I think like the thing that we should celebrate together is this, like this, this beautiful relationship. It's so beautiful. Like how you said there are moments where, you know, you're like, oh, where's my co-host? Like, where is she at? And the fact that you trusted me enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to give her her space. She's taking a fucking break. She's taking this vacation. He needs this time. Like she's going to show up in the best way she's going to show up when she takes that space. And the thing that I think like is really important to celebrate here, not only is our relationship, but trust, Mm -hmm. the trust that we have with each other and the trust that we have in ourselves. Yeah because that trust in each other is not possible unless we trust ourselves enough to know that we have the ability to look at each other with that deep reverent trust and say, nope, we've got this. And it's a long game Mm, that we've got going. And being so, being able to have such radical transparency 
is, is also celebrating all the time because yeah. every time I've ever felt nervous about being really honest with you about something, it has only opened the door to deeper honesty from you as well. And it has given us, yeah. bo- and vice versa. Like, I think every time one of us feels kind of like, Ooh, like I, I, she's tender. I don't want her to take this the wrong way, but like, I really am feeling some kind of way. And I need to share this for me. It has always led to deeper permission for the other person to join us in that level of honesty, both with ourselves and with each other, which has been made it possible for us to move forward. And I think that's also why, you know, when we have had, I wouldn't even call them tiffs because we're grown ups. Like when we've been activated by each other, we move through yeah. it so quickly. And I think it's because of that. Totally, totally. That that's the other thing I celebrate is how quickly we can fucking repair. Yes in this relationship. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, one thing to just leave our beautiful, you know, audience and our beautiful community here is like, they're probably wondering, how do you have a friendship like this? Yeah. How, how does one start one? And, you know, I honestly think like show up as yourself and just be honest, like, Hey, I like you and there's something about you. And I think we could be really good friends. And, Maybe we should try that out. And if we don't, no harm done. But I just figured I should say this, which is exactly what Kristen did. And it was like, actually, yeah, I think we should be friends. Yeah. It's like, don't, and, don't and fear rejection. Like, don't let the fear of fear rejection, rejection keep you from initiating or reaching out or exploring something. Because if that person is who you think they are, and if you are, if your intuition is correct, then they are feeling it too, or they're at least open and have curiosity to see if something is there. And it's always worth the risk. It's always worth trying. Yeah. Because worst case scenario, you just build emotional resilience by having someone honor their own boundary and be like, you know what, this doesn't feel like a love match for me. And that's okay. And that's not a rejection of you as a person. It just, they may not have the capacity for a new relationship in their life at the time. And that's something that we need to normalize. Like it's not yeah. a personal affront. If someone doesn't respond to your friend advances, it may just not be the right fit. And it may, you know, if there was an alternate universe where you took a different path, it may have turned out that you weren't actually supposed to be friends. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, right. And I always, and I always like say this rejection is just redirection. Mm-hmm. And so it might not be the path of, of, it might not be the path that your friendship is supposed to take in that moment, yeah. but it might happen later on. And if it does amazing, or if it's not, Hey, that was just the universe saying this wasn't for you anyways. Well, I've had people come into my life, you know, at different times and, and nothing happened. There wasn't a connection, nothing stuck. And then come back around years later and end up being someone who I have an incredible connection with, or have gone on to do projects with, or be involved in each other's life in a really meaningful way. And there's no way I ever could have known that, but it's just, again, Mm -hmm. it comes down to something that we talk about often also, which is that we, you just have to trust the timing of your life. Like I truly believe that what is meant for you, it, it cannot pass you. Not only will it not, it cannot pass you. You are constantly moving towards everything that you want. Everything that you want is already out there. And it's just waiting on your perfect timing when you arrive at it. Like you, there's no wrong turn you can take. There's no decision you can make that is going to keep you from getting the thing that you believe is, is for you. Yeah. Friends included. Friends included. Careers included. All the things. Love love interests included. Sex lives included. Like everything you Mm -hmm. desire. It already exists out there for you. And it's just waiting for you to arrive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a good place to wrap. Speaking of timing. Yes. 
<laughs> I love you. I love Happy you. Happy anniversary. And here's to, here's to more years ahead of us of sex, love, friendship, wealth, Good. babies, mm. all the things, babies growing, all the things. Love you, babe. <laughs> love you too. Thank you folks so much for listening. If this conversation tickled your fancy, opened your mind, or gave you permission to simply express yourself a little bit more authentically, share with a friend, rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.